0: Okay, I'm usually advertising for other companies, but I really want to promote an event that I am co-hosting coming up called Into Pleasure that features a lot of past guests. I would love to see you slutty scholars there, virtually that is. You can find all of the info and buy tickets at intopleasure.com. The event is open to women and any marginalized genders, and right now, the early bird, which is lasting until March 21st, full day is only $97. $97. Into Pleasure was created by past podcast guest, burlesque star Michelle L'Amour. It is an all-virtual event happening on April 2nd from 9.30 a.m. to 5.00 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. On April 2nd, we will dive into pleasure. We will learn from experts about sexuality, sensuality, and play. Absolutely no experience required. These classes are great if you are just starting your pleasure journey or if you are a pleasure pro. Join us for a full day of activities, or you can pick and choose your own pleasure classes a la carte. I will be speaking alongside past podcast guests, Goddess Coco Meow and Jave DeBay, as well as Michelle L'Amour, and this amazing bondage duo named Leaf and Icarus. All of the sessions are super interactive and cover everything from beauty rituals to kink and rope tying and even sensual movement. We'll also be having a great virtual goodie bag featuring some really amazing advertisers. So come get into pleasure with me and get your early bird discount tickets now at intopleasure.com hope to see you there thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another
1: week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week I am welcoming two amazing women. Uh, Lauren is a photographer, intuitive massage healer, and a sound bath guide, as well as a retreat facilitator. And Lauren's partner in life and business, Jessica, is a curator of brave spaces for people to own their power and awaken to the most expansive selves. Through her work as a coach and retreat facilitator, she realized it was people's relationships that needed healing the most and then she launched her podcast open late to look at relationships through her lens of consensual non-monogamy and together they lead sound bath ceremonies as well as international goddess retreats welcome yay! Yay. (laughs) thank you for having us yes and if you were wondering if that bio sounded familiar jessica was recently on the podcast talking solo about open late the podcast so glad to have you back
2: Thank you so much. It's good to be back. And this is, this is fun. This is uh, Lauren and my first, I think, podcast together on someone else's show.
1: Oh, okay. So let's tell listeners about y'all's story. How did you meet? How did you get connected? Um, I hope you're not tired of telling this. And it sounds like maybe not since this is the first (laughs) podcast duo. Um, But I think people would really enjoy hearing how you connected with each other. Yeah. This will be fun. (laughs) Who's going to start? Do you want me to, or do you want to? Yeah, Lauren, start? you start.
3: Yeah, okay. you start. So, Jessica and I met through her lovely, amazing husband, Pasha. And it's quite funny because he was a mentor of mine and in this emotional intelligence course that we all did. And Sounds I, sexy. Yeah, it was a. Yeah. I mean, we were lots of tears and breakthroughs, but it it eventually turned into sexy because once you get rid of like all the toxic stuff, like you're able to, I was able to experience love. (laughs) And so, um, he was my mentor coach. I met Jessica there, but really how Jessica and I became close is because I fell in love with her husband. (laughs) Yes. This is
2: a true story. Um, yeah, go ahead. You want me to pick up? I'm going to pick up. up. I love this part of the story. Um, So we had become really good friends. Uh, The the coaching program ended and about three months later, we found ourselves spending a lot of time together, but it had been platonic up until that point. But I can tell there was like chemistry between the two of them. And And were
1: you and Pasha already open at that point? Did you know that Lauren was into him?
2: Yes. So Pasha and I, at that point, had been open for the entirety of our marriage. So um, five and a half years. And I sensed sexual chemistry between them. And I brought it up to Pasha. Um maybe like just that week right before Lauren and I were going to go do a photo shoot together. So I hired her to um, shoot some content for me for you know, my sound meditations and uh, coaching that I was had already started doing. And we go out together, the two of us and she gets me naked within I think like literally she takes like six photos
0: and she's like, do you know what would
2: be better if you were in this photo, if you were naked? And I was like, okay. So we're on some trail in like Topanga Canyon and I just, I get naked. So I'm like, all right, now we're doing this like all natural photo shoot. So we have the best day. Um, It's nothing really sexy about it, but we're just like really getting to know each other more. So we we meet up with Pasha for dinner. He's like, let me take you guys to dinner. You've been out all day. And we're like, great, so we go eat. And after uh, dinner, we head back to our house and we're like drinking wine. She comes over. This is not the first time she's been at our place, but this is the first time the three of us have been at our place alone. And so it turns a little flirty and we're all kind of like hanging out in the living room. And at one point I look over and he's giving her a <laughs> massage. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like where this is going. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> turned on by this. Um, and then I look over again, and he's kind of like leaning down and like starts to kiss her. And she like looks up, and he like, Spider Man kisses her. Hot. <laughs> yeah, super hot. And then she looks over at me and like has this look like, oh my God, is this okay? Like, you're watching this and you're not freaking out. And I was like, oh no, please continue. Um, Yeah. And that was that one thing led to another. And we had our first epic threesome that night. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Lauren, Lauren, what was happening from your perspective? I'm guessing you knew what their setup was, but were you like,
3: no, I I actually didn't know because we just hadn't talked about it. I was, I lived in LA for one month and was living with Pasha's best friend or their best friend. And I was new to the crew. I've known Pasha for years, but we recently just like reconnected through that emotional intelligence course um, after eight years of not seeing each other. So I was newer to the fam, the fam, I mean our crew. And (laughs) um, so it was new territory, but I was like very much down. I had had threesomes before, but it was like nothing meaning meaningful to me. And so that after that night, it was just like the unfolding of such a beautiful love because I was so shocked that she was, Jessica was willing to let me explore with Pasha. I was like, this is crazy. Are you serious? Like, I was like, you know, I'm going to fall in love with your husband, right? She's like, yeah, please. I want you to. (laughs) And so that was wild to me, but that is really what just opened up this wild, beautiful, adventurous, ever-growing love that has turned into, you know, Jessica and I now facilitating these transformational retreats, heart-opening, sound meditation ceremonies. And we mm-hmm. we have a goddess collective mastermind call that we have every other week, just continuing being in service to this beautiful community. And Yeah, I mean, I think it all really blossomed because of the time we got to spend together and nurturing that love in such an expansive,
1: beautiful way. So Lauren, you said you'd had threesomes before. Tell me what made this one different. Well, the threesomes
3: before I had were in Las Vegas and we were really like wasted or like, you know, partying after a nightclub and just... Hammered. Less Less intentional, maybe fun, yeah. but less intentional. Yeah. it
1: was fun but it was, or it was just like I feel I, like when you said Vegas, I was like, say no more, like I, I sort of get the vibe. Yeah, it was like <laughs> I too have had those.
3: Mm-hmm. Raging. One of them was like a total one-off, like I don't even know the chick's name, to tell you the truth, like God bless her heart, but the guy at the time was like throwing this gigantic party and he was like just throwing out hundreds to everybody. It was actually a blast, so thank you. And then, um, yeah, the second time was with a roommate and an ex-boyfriend. And so it was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, not willing to let him have sex with her. I guess it wasn't a total threesome. We all hooked up, but I wouldn't let him actually have sex with her. Cause I was like, crazy. And, um, but so it was different in the sense that even in the beginning, Jessica like stood back and she let Pasha and I do our thing. And she just watched and like, to, allow myself to be seen by another woman was really powerful and made me feel really, really comfortable. And then she would come in and then I was like, well, wait, I want to play with you. And then like, we played together then the three of us. And it just felt very, like, very much connected. Everyone was supporting each other and making, we all made each other feel very seen and very connected. Like we all had a job. (laughs) And yeah,
2: that's really cute. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's fun for me to hear this because um, it you know I'm reminiscing and I'm thinking back up until that point, Pasha and I were not very publicly open. Um, it's one of the reasons that Lauren didn't know. And I'm hearing her say like I had no idea, I'm like, wow, the me, the me of now would be like everyone has to have all the information yeah, before like things happen. That, yeah. You know, yeah. So I've I've grown up a lot in, you know, the non-monogamy space. And um, but I I'm always a like I think a a huge champion of like, you don't have to do it perfectly the first time, like just get better as you go because otherwise you'll never start. Um, And that was us, we had tiptoed in over the years, but Lauren was the first person that I ever saw a potential for Pasha to have a deeper connected relationship with. Mm. Because up until that point, he had never had that. And I had had that once um, with another guy And so I think we were really open and ready for, or at least I was, I wanted to see because I had really spent a lot of time and had a deep, intimate, connected relationship with someone else that went on for like three years. Um, And so to see that spark happen and be able to like really step back and watch my husband fall for somebody was so beautiful and I remember when she called me and said, I'm afraid I'm gonna fall in love with your husband. And of course I had like tiny little fears around it, but they weren't big enough for me to ever want to slow down, pump the brakes, put up, you know, barriers for anybody. I was just like, I wanna see where this goes because this is really exciting. And so it it was beautiful in the beginning and it was a lot more their chemistry, but very quickly. Um, we created our own bond that was really nice, and yeah, that's what's sort of
1: blossomed over the last couple of years. What do you think helped you feel comfortable with that when you notice those like twinges of maybe jealousy or could this be threatening to me? Like, what helped you lean into? I guess you, you kind of named it like heart opening that that this love could be expansive.
2: Yeah, um, I had done a lot of work on myself up until that point. Um, Digging into jealousy, you know, by seeing Pasha with other people whenever it would come up, because of course it had. It was, you know, we were five years into this. So, sitting with uncomfortable emotions and really dissecting them and like letting myself feel jealous or angry or um, uncomfortable or forgotten about or abandoned. And knowing that that was my work and had really very little to do with him. Um, So if he was like dating somebody or hooking up with somebody and he was gone for like a week, for example, gave me such an opportunity to go through a lot of that. So I had done a lot of emotional excavating up until Lauren and I was in a really cushy place, to be honest. I'm not going to like, you know, paint it hard where it wasn't. It really wasn't hard to let her in. I had a lot of trust of Lauren because I knew she was so emotionally intelligent also, because we had all done this course together. So I saw, honestly, any fear that I had or minor anxiety around it was so eclipsed by the excitement and the possibility. And I think just because I was so practiced in it that I was like, oh, I could feed one of these two things. I could feed the tiny bit of you know, anxiety around it, or I can feed the like, what is this new adventure that we're about to go on? And, you know, we hadn't talked a lot about it, but I had thought in my mind, what would it be like to have a full on third person in our relationship before she ever arrived. And so maybe I manifested her, I don't know. (laughs) But I I knew that I was, you know, I started to identify as bisexual when Pasha and I first got married and then over the years, as I've been more educated, that turned into really being like, okay, I'm like fully queer, you know, like I'm a, a person who like loves love, and I love women. So when she showed up, I was like, this is feels so right. So it wasn't as hard as I think a lot of people are like, tell me how you got through the hard times. I got through a lot of that earlier on in our relationship. And it
1: sounds like you're working on yourself, right? And being confident with yourself, and and seeing the potential of uplifting and like loving other women, not just sexually, but also like from an emotional standpoint. Because I think a lot of folks, it's coming from a place of like fear and competitiveness.
2: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there was so much to learn about loving when it came to loving a woman, um, not just sexually, but also just intimately and, um. There's such beautiful, like sacred energy that we share in our dynamic that um, I could never reach with Pasha or he could never fulfill uh, for me. And that's definitely like a, a, a need that I didn't even realize I had. And so our relationship has taught me so much more. And like we've even had hard times and jealousy and heartache between the two of us that I never imagined. And I, I wasn't really looking out for, you know, people are thinking like, oh, you're going to have it with your husband. We'll wait till you have it with your girlfriend, (laughs) Um, which was kind of an interesting part of our journey, but it's all been really amazing and a ton of learning, but so worth it because the good times are so, so good, um, that any time that's been challenging has felt so minimal.
1: And on the flip side, Lauren, did you ever find yourself not feeling important enough? I guess, because sometimes I think when people are entering in the feeling of like, oh, I'm a third, there can be this, um, the unicorn vibes of like, I'm being hunted as this object as a unicorn. And I'm just here to like serve this couple who's already married and has their established stuff. Um, did that ever come up for you and how'd you work through it? It was definitely
3: both ways. Like Jessica would tell me all the time like you don't get it like our sex life has increased like now we have we're fantasizing about you like especially in the beginning and it was like so exciting for jessica to see him like be flirty with me it was like bringing up all these memories when he was falling in love with her so i was like wow that's so interesting for me i was experiencing something completely different so it's like it was mutually beneficial because they were experiencing like, a new love, like, the three of us. And then they were experiencing all these wild things that were popping off between them two. Meanwhile, I'm like, I have it the best, y'all, because I'm entering into this relationship yes. getting <laughs> loved by a man and a woman. Like, that means two tongues on my vagina
1: at once. Like, it's <laughs> <Yes. And> Emotionally, <laughs> physically, spiritually, two tongues. And so, no, I always say that. It's funny. But, like...
3: I, for me, I was in verbally abusive relationships, or relationships where I had no business being in the relationship, just either it was like partying relationship, or I just wasn't ready. So for me, this was the first time I felt fully accepted. So I'm experiencing a ton, they helped, they facilitated a ton of inner healing. For myself. And by, I, I felt so accepted by them. And I, I went, I was going through just breakthroughs left and right in, in the first year by being with Pasha and Jess. And um, so it very much felt, and I never felt like a third wheel of anything. Like they treated me like a fucking queen, still treat me like a queen. <laughs> and like I always felt like a goddess around them. And it was very, Fluid and just everything just flowed so naturally, like we all flowed so naturally together and still do. You know, it's um, it was, I never felt like a third wheel. If anything, they very did a great job at including me with like everything.
1: Any any tips that either of you would give to folks who are bringing a third in, whether it's just sexually or more, so that they can feel the way that you felt?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, um, I would say. For me, um, if this is something you want to explore, like being a third, going into you know a relationship with a married couple or just a couple, definitely explore your emotions. If this is something you want to do, I never knew that this was something that I wanted until it fell into my lap. But I would say the most literally, yeah, <laughs> I would say the most important thing is open communication and self awareness. That's what really um, I feel like helped us a ton, helped me a ton was I did a ton of self work on myself. And by self work, I mean, I did emotional intelligence courses, lots of retreats to like dive into like figuring out my triggers, how I showed up in relationships, how I showed up in life and, um, really learning deeply about myself really helped me in this relationship because I wasn't afraid to communicate or use my voice. So, For sure. Open communication is just so, so important. And for me, it was always coming from a place of love. Like, how do I want to feel? How does he want to feel? How does she want to feel? It's not just about me. It's about, you know, the three of us and, um, yeah, just really being completely open and honest about what you're feeling at all times. That was, that was my biggest takeaway.
2: I love that Lolo. I'm going to share some bedroom tips um, yeah. <laughs> because it yes. really does come down to communication. Yeah, fuck this emotional
1: communication so. bullshit. Let's hear more. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's so true. It's like communication period and then everything else is secondary. But um, when you're actually in the bedroom, speaking from like, you know, the The position that I had, right, being this woman who's married to this man, and we we've been together now for seven years, and now there's this third person. Um, And we had had plenty of threesomes before, and we've had so we were had some experiences too, where even with like multiples, where like you could tell maybe a couple wasn't on the same page, and we're like, oh, you know, it's almost like very, it's like repellent when when we're on the same page, you can tell when someone's more interested than the other party or doing something for the other party that they maybe don't really want to do. And so I think we had had some, like experiences that were not enjoyable. And so we both knew what to take away. Um, I think the way that we treat each other in our sex life was also very, um, I think helpful, because we're like, okay, we we really love taking our time with each other. We like going slow, we like savoring things. And so we did that same thing with Lauren, and I'm very comfortable sitting back and like watching. Um, and so I like to remind couples when if I ever am giving, you know, like coaching or even advice to friends, like, just Take a breather. It's okay to watch. It's okay to need a break. Threesomes are sometimes a marathon. So when people realize that they don't actually have to be actively involved at all times, it can really extend the fun and the pleasure and and it can make things like really flowy. And then the other thing is well, two. And, and
1: allowing yourself to know that you're still included even when you're taking a moment of pause yeah. and reflection because i think when people think three there's always like oh what if i'm left out and we always have to be on each other the whole time like to be able to be comfortable enough with yourself that you can take a step back and still be tethered and connected yes. to the experience yeah and
2: i love i love you saying that because what i was going to share next is like actually sometimes when you step back you are almost the most prominent person in the scene, because like people really, I, not it's not like performative, but people be, be is like the only word that, I, that feels right, a certain way in their relationship or their intimacy when they're being watched. And so it's really fun to play with that. It could be really fun to help lead or direct a scene um, if you're into that sort of thing. And if you want to really start to play, um I could can. just see you on this like fucking sexy
1: ass like yes. goddess couch just like orchestrating the whole thing uh, yes
2: we used to have this green velvet couch in the corner of our bedroom and it was too big and I constantly hit my shins on it so we we, we finally got rid of it but Lola do you remember that couch oh we had just some, like sit back over there
3: oh yeah we had some good times on that couch either that was like yeah you sit back or R. R. I would yeah or I would use that to put on a show like because I would bring in my inner <laughs> yeah. my inner stripper and I would be like sit down on the couch
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we'd like make Pasha sit on the couch. And he like couldn't approach us until like, we are ready, which we haven't done that in a long time. Oh, um, but nice. yeah, and I was just going to share too. It's like it makes you very creative when there are three and you do want to all be involved at the same time because it's like, okay, where can I support? Like if there's already maybe penetration happening, like obviously. Pasha can't penetrate both of us at once. I mean, maybe with hands or whatever, but it's like, where can where can we like? Okay, maybe I'll just come and kiss. There's for so this much moment. surface area. There's so much to do. So um, it it can make things really creative and fun. And I think that yeah, to go back to allowing yourself to breathe and to like take pauses and take breaks actually brings me like way more in my body, and I get really present. Um, I feel like I'm more present in our threesomes sometimes than I am when I'm just with one person, yeah, yeah,
3: That's it. it's amazing. so it's so cool how we've all been able to really explore and like have that switch of like, okay, i'm gonna we should do this and like direct the bodies and we should do that yeah. or just trying different things and just being open and like me, like, what do you want to experience tonight? And um, yeah. it's opened me, my, you know, sexuality up so
0: much. And, um, it's been really fun to explore. Okay. You need to have these discount codes from our amazing advertisers. A lot of my clients, friends, and myself included often complain of not having enough or making enough time for sex or things to help prepare for sex. Let Like A Kitten help. Instead of spending hours browsing for the perfect sex tool, let Like A Kitten help you curate a box made just for you. Right now, Like A Kitten is offering listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com/s&s or enter code S&S at checkout. Like A Kitten will ship you a gift box with all of your erotic essentials, from vibrators and massage oils to robes and handcuffs. It's your one-stop shop for a great evening. This month, they're helping you choose. Your own adventure with the BYOB box, aka Build Your Own Box. You get to choose one item out of each of six categories: toys, beauty, products, lubes, and cleansers, games, sexy accessories, and lingerie. Within each category, you have eight or more products you can choose from so you can build an experience that's customized to your specific desires. And again, Like a Kitten is offering listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash S&S or enter code S&S at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash S&S or use code S&S to get 20% off these incredible boxes. likeakitten.com slash S&S and the link is in the episode's description. Also, If you need help knowing what to do with some of these tools, check out Beducated. Y'all, I'm obsessed with Beducated. It is a really cool addition to the work I do as a therapist where folks can really practice some of the hands-on things that we talk about and work on in session and on the podcast. Beducated is like the Netflix of sexual wellness. Remember that great sex takes work and Beducated can help you learn to realize your full pleasure potential. And here's a hot tip. You can get 65% off Beducated's yearly pass with our code S&S. They provide techniques and information to help you level up your love life. They offer expert-backed library of courses from Tantra to Kink to explore new practices and upgrade your lovemaking skills. I especially love the sensual massage category, but there are so many options. I also know a lot of folks who have struggled with orgasm, and Beducated has some great orgasm courses and classes to help you learn your body more. So again you can get 65% off Beducated's yearly pass with our code S and S. Just go to beducated.com and use our coupon code S and S. Your 65% off will be locked in for life. That's beducated, B E D U C A T E D, beducated.com and use code S A N D S, S and S. And the link is in our episode description. Now back to the
1: episode. <coughs> And I already know that you two are amazing facilitators because we got to meet at the um, Pineapple Support Wellness Retreat out in Malibu after the X biz Um, And I got to see uh, Jessica, I got to see you do yoga. And Lauren, I got to see you do massage and other energy work. So... I can already know and see how this connection that you all have translates to your retreat type work and, and the programs that you do, but tell me how it moved from the bedroom into retreats and, and what do those look like now?
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's so interesting. I always make the joke that if you were to come on one of our retreats without knowing us personally, you would have no idea that Lauren and I were partners, we're, we're, like lovers. Um, and for many women that have been on re- our retreats, that was actually the case until post retreat when we became friendly, because our relationship wasn't public online. And when we're working, we're very, you know, outward focused. And so I'll just like say that now, and then I'll, I'll, I'll back up and kind of talk about how we came to build this, this business and that these offerings together um, and Lolo feel free to jump in. But mm-hmm i was I was just gonna share, so I was already on quite a spiritual journey. Um I from the time I was twenty eight, I really shifted my life to um being focused on elevating consciousness. Uh, at first, it was my own healing. i I was diagnosed with cancer at twenty eight and I had a hysterectomy, and that just like radically shifted my entire life. And so I was doing you know, I was teaching yoga, I was traveling the world, working on different people's retreats. Um, studying different healing modalities in places like Bali and Nepal. And at one point I came home and I had like collected all of these tools. And that was right around the time that Lauren came into our lives. I was like leading sound baths, sound meditations on the beach in LA. Um,
1: I was seeing clients for Reiki. I'd become a Reiki master. And I, I was like just don't want this- to interrupt this beautiful story, but I do want to note the like hysterectomy piece. If you're listening and you have had this, I love it you mentioned that this has happened for you because I think a lot of people experience a big physical and hormonal change as a result Mm -hmm. and just to see that on the other side if you get proper support that you can have a wonderful beautiful uh connected pleasurable sex life after cancer and after hysterectomy so it's not so easy as how I'm just summing it up now but like the resources are out there for you and it's not the end just wanted to put that highlight that in there
2: yeah Totally. Um, and yeah, it's quite a journey. And it makes things even more fruitful when you have to be really intentional with your body. Um, It's like so much more rewarding when the sex is phenomenal, because you're like, Yes, I'm here. Um, but yeah, I had right around the time I met Lauren, I had already started this work on my own um, in LA. And I didn't quite know what it looked like. I was seeing a lot of one on one clients. and I was coaching you know was a life coach to mostly women and some men and we Lauren started to be interested in a lot of the same things that I was interested in she was already like an amazing photographer and i remember we were in bali together on a trip and lauren had this like big emotional breakthrough kind of i remember yeah. we were in the bathroom together and she was like very emotional because she was like i have all of this like and we were at breakfast at that place. Um, on yeah. what was the island called? Um, um oh my gosh. Gilly. Oh, Gilly. <laughs> Gilly T. Yeah. Yeah. And Lauren was like, I have like so much creative energy, and I know that I have like something inside me, and I'm meant to do something like really big, but I don't know what it is. And so she was just like like up against herself, almost like bursting with her creative energy and really diving into her own spiritual path because we had just done ayahuasca together for the first time um and so i was like well what does it look like and we started talking about it and she shared like um and i won't share too much for you because i'd love for you to take over but she was like i just want to i want to help women tell their story through my photography and i was like great let's do that And like, when we got back to LA, we started putting wheels in motion for like one day photography workshops, but it totally obviously evolved. And Mm -hmm. um, do you wanna take over? Yeah. Oh my
3: God. It's yes, so- please do.
1: I'm like already crying
3: over oh, here. So, no, like, let me cry. cry more. I'm like gonna cry because I'm like thinking of that moment in the bathroom. Jessica and I had just experienced this incredible uh, sound meditation, like at this amazing place called the Pyramids, the pyramids of, Chai, of Chai. Yeah, of, most of, like beautiful place. And yeah, so you know what? Being surrounded by so many creatives, I was like. You feel that energy. You're like, all right, what am I going to do? You know, and it's so motivating and inspirational. But at the same time, I was like, I have all this energy. It felt like trapped because like I never had the confidence to do anything with it. For, for So for like nine years, like I had no confidence of like my creativity. I, I was like working for the man, like working like a ton, but not for myself. And so I knew it was in there. So anyways, yeah, after we got back from that trip to Bali is when I put together a like one day, um, goddess photography workshop. And that included like heart opening exercises, meditation, ecstatic dance, and then the photo shoot. And I just found from a, re- a retreat that I went on before that, like, it really helps move the nerves before getting in front of the camera. When you shed some layers and, um, connect with one another It like helps stepping, it helps making your experience in front of the camera easier. You feel a little more free. And so I created it and I was like, Whoa this is amazing and then yeah we just i always wanted to host a retreat i didn't know what that looked like and i was like how am i going to do this alone and jessica always wanted to host retreats too and we were like it was during covid we were like obviously let's put together a retreat like i
2: i well, kind of yeah. Or we were signed up for a retreat. Do you remember? Yes. Oh, yes.
3: That's right. We were signed up for a goddess retreat um, that got canceled, and we were super bummed with one of our favorite facilitators. Um, but it got canceled the week of, and we were like, we can do our own goddess retreat.
2: We were like, what are we gonna do? Because we're not staying home. So yeah. we we literally just started to patch together like You know our very first retreat was like some of our closest friends and like some of our already clients whether it was a photography client or a coaching client of mine um uh both of my former assistants were on this retreat just like a a, an amazing bunch of women and we kind of did it at cost in joshua tree because we were just like let's see what we got like i do all these things you do all these things why aren't we doing Mm -hmm. this together and yeah we were like let's do our own retreat and that's when everything was born in the the first um, year of COVID in Joshua Tree, October.
3: Yeah, yeah. it was just like, why aren't we putting all of our gifts together? Like we got this Mm -hmm. and now it's just like expansive. Every time Jessica and I have a meeting, we literally can sit there and, and pop off ideas left and right. And it's just like, yeah, like we just come up with the most beautiful content and work and um we just work so well together it's like awesome
2: yeah it's what we do it's pretty complimentary because um and like we've talked about this in conversation but for everyone listening um what lauren and i do is we take a lot of personal development work and a lot of like you hear emotional intelligence people hear eq right what does that mean it's like experiential learning Um, And understanding right on a cognitive level, but also like kind of a somatic level, like what's going on? And why do I have limiting beliefs? Where do they come from? Here's how the brain actually works, your subconscious, your conscious brain. So we take a lot of that work. And we do that on the retreat. But we also pair it with deep, like healing experiences like deep healing ceremonies where you're actually going into the body you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system on our retreat and you're reprogramming like down to the cellular level um and so it allows for huge emotional release people always tell us like this is like 10 years of therapy in like one weekend or one four or five day retreat um and i think one of the most powerful things is you walk away with sisterhood like we didn't expect that we were like let's give people this awesome healing experience let's give women um accountability you know on this retreat and a leg up like understanding like what holds them back from reaching their goals but what we didn't expect was women to be like i've never had a community like this i've never had sisters i'm closer to the women on this retreat than I am with my own sisters, you know, my my blood sisters or whatever that looks like, and we kept that community really tight. And so, if you've ever if you come on a retreat with us, then what happens is now we have a mastermind program that um, continues on after it and you can stay a part of the community. We do like events at my home, like once a month, like we'll throw a dinner or we'll have everybody over just for like you know a sound bath to reconnect or breath work. We meet virtually like on Zoom. And these women have gone on to become like best friends, business partners, sometimes roommates, Um, and we see them all thriving. And that's like, that's what really is exciting because I've been on a lot of retreats And I've never stayed connected or maybe like one person or, you know, I'll like pick a person here or there. Um, But I find that with what Lauren and I are doing, we really want to build community more than anything, because that's where the integration process happens. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about plant medicine work and how we've done a lot of plant medicine and the integration is like the most important part. Um, and sometimes people have this amazing mind-blowing experience you have this like the best weekend of your life the most transformative experience ever but then you're shot
1: back into your life how do you integrate it
2: yeah so if if you you know have a community around you that's supportive that all went through the same thing and you're consistently meeting and becoming a bigger part of each other's lives it's so much easier to Make those big changes that you that you want to, or that the aha's that you have from the weekend can really be implemented into your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and how do you see this sisterhood and community stuff being especially helpful for sex and sexuality and pleasure, aside from two tongues on your vagina, the literal <laughs> stuff? Like, how do you see the sisterhood being supportive of, yeah, all of that? Yeah, you know, honestly, some
3: women they don't talk about deep feelings. So on our retreats, they have access to really opening up and sharing some of their deepest, darkest secrets, which like when you're carrying around those secrets, like it's a lot of baggage, you know? And I, I feel, I can see in women, like just after night one, like them just opening up and them ex- get to getting to explore more of their feminine self that maybe has been, Shut down for a long time. And so we really bring it out in one another. Like it's, you can't resist the feelings, honestly. And so I do feel like being in the sisterhood, you pick up other energies like, oh, she really likes to dance sexy like that. Why don't I ever dance sexy like that? Or why don't I ever maybe dress like this? And like, you really get to learn about each different personality. And I feel like I'm constantly learning all the goddess retreats. Like I'm constantly taking away so much and it's encouraging and it's motivating to be like, oh, maybe I can step into this side of myself. Maybe I can try this on and see what that feels like. And so a lot of women have different things going on in their life, they've experienced traumas, um, you know, sexual shaming, that it's really hard for them to express themselves in that way. And so on our retreats, like we really open it up to talk about all those things. And we're we're gonna be naked for part of the time too, you know, (laughs) women are walking around like at the pool naked or like hanging out. And like especially during the photo shoot that we do because a lot of these women, they might've not even stepped foot in a camera in this way, let alone naked, you know, on a rock in the desert. And that is just the most freest freeing thing ever and completely boosts their confidence of like, Oh, this is me. I love my body. I love me. Yeah. I'm a sexy bitch, you know? And so I definitely think that just being in the goddess community and picking up off of different energies can support sexual, you know, being confident in sexuality.
1: Well, and I think culturally we're taught to like have in-group fighting as a way to like control women, Mm -hmm. you know? So if we're not, yeah, because I I guess we're taught to like tear each other down as a way to keep us in check. And so this is really, this community building is also to like uplift uplift as as a community. Yeah. Totally. I was just going to say
3: one more thing. In our retreats, it's almost like And growing up, it was like, oh, I'm jealous, or like, how can I one up this girl, or like, she looked at me wrong. Yeah. Now Mm -hmm. it's like, I look at women, I'm like, how can I support this woman? How can I inspire her? How can she inspire me? How can I learn from her? How can I hold her? How can I see her through the eyes of her mother? Or like, I I just, it's a, a, it's beautiful the way we can really learn from one
1: another. All the things you just listed, I got like turned on and emotional. I was yeah. like, how can I uplift her turned on? How can I see her through the eyes of her mother? I'm like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so yeah. I can see how much feeling there is in these experiences with you too. Yeah, it's we,
2: we do not scratch the surface. I'll tell you that we dive really deep. We do a lot of excavating um, on these retreats. I always joke with people, if you want a relaxing yoga retreat on the beach somewhere, this is not it. We will go to beautiful locations, and we'll probably do a lot of our work on the beach. But to your earlier question, like what helps people sexually, um, you know, for long term after having an experience like this, it's like first of all, there's so much baggage that gets put down. I think that really keeps you know our, our traumas keep us very disconnected from our body, especially our sexuality for for many of us if we've had trauma there. And so just the act of being witnessed in putting down your stuff, first of all, owning your stuff and then releasing it by other women creates such an energy that you are really forever changed, um, especially when in relationship then with those women. So if you continue those friendships, it's like that's almost an easy one. And then we do a lot of training, um, maybe even without intentionally doing training, but on our retreats of how to hold space for others. And so because it's not organic for women to come in and want to support each other, there are competitive energies and learned behaviors from our families and from societies. And so just to kind of like put a, a, a little cap on what you ladies were saying or to add to it, it's like we sort of by way of most of our exercises encourage like active listening and what does it mean to hold space? And we're constantly modeling that, for them, and giving them opportunities to step into these places of support for one another. And so it's like, when you, when you have to use different parts of yourself, again, you become much more embodied and present. And then to access those, like, sexual sides of yourself when yeah you're seeing that other people are giving you the permission and holding the space for you to even just be naked like in a non-sexual way everyone comes into our retreat on thursday and we have this like welcome party and it's really fun and we do all these surprises and everyone is wearing clothes (laughs) like by saturday everyone is full naked people who never thought they would be and because it's such an invitation and a safe space and then the, the last thing that i'll share is I think that what Lauren and I have is obviously very unique. Like I've never heard of, you know, you've heard of maybe um, husbands and wives starting business together, or, you know, maybe uh, same sex couples starting businesses together, but not so much in the polyamory space. But I think because we've been able to heal so many of our like wounds, like wounds with like young, you know, girlfriends as teenagers, like fighting with girls being competitive. I know Lauren experienced a lot of that growing up. Um, And we also have like our mother wounds, like our core wounding in life. Um, And then you know, all of the other different archetypal wounds. And I think through our intimate relationship with one another, we've been able to really like, heal a lot of that through whether it's you know sex or just our friendship because we do have a, a different dynamic with each other all the time we're able to have like mother-daughter dynamics sometimes and we, we've been able to heal that and we've also been like that's not sexy you know so we have these the we call kind of forth out of each other these different parts that we don't often use and I think that comes into our retreat and allows women to step out of the box of maybe being a mom and coming back into being very sexy, Um, or, you know, being a competitive girl to ending up being like a very supportive sister. Um, So I think that the work that we've done in our relationship then translates into how we can facilitate, and it makes us a lot stronger, I think, in the work that we do also, because our relationship is always so solid, we have to make sure we're 100% because we're like running this business together, um, so when we come on a retreat, we're always like, "It's like, all right, are we good? Like everything that we need to do in our relationship, and we're feeling really, really good, um, because it's such a an interesting balance. Um, because we have that, and so I think we always want to make sure that our stuff is a hundred percent before we step out and you know project anything onto anyone else in our in our spaces that we're responsible for. So.
1: And not that you're calling yourselves like parents of the people who come to your goddess retreats, but it should, to me, that's a really great metaphor and reflection of like what parents should do. I think a lot of times when people have kids, they are like, oh, now we do everything for the kids and they don't take care of their core connection and relationship. And they think that's better for the kids because they're prioritizing them, but really it's not, you know, then you're not modeling and you're not putting your own oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. to like model this healthy connection um for the people that you're showing how to exist in the world
3: exactly totally i mean listen i'm a pisces all right i need is it your
1: season right now is this and this the season yeah or birthday's
3: coming up and i need my one-on-one time with jess if i don't then i'm grumpy and she knows it and so <laughs> we um we have a beautiful balance of work and play and Mm -hmm. it's so important to have both of them and it she's taught me so much about our business together and my business solo and then it's yeah we we benefit we both um equally benefit each other in those ways of staying focused calming down playing you know Yeah.
0: yeah Okay, I'm usually advertising for other companies, but I really want to promote an event that I am co-hosting coming up called Into Pleasure that features a lot of past guests. I would love to see you slutty scholars there, virtually that is. You can find all of the info and buy tickets at intopleasure.com. The event is open to women and any marginalized genders, and right now the early bird, which is lasting until March 21st, full day is only $97. $97. Into Pleasure was created by past podcast guest, burlesque star Michelle L'Amour. It is an all-virtual event happening on April 2nd from 9.30 a.m. to 5.00 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. On April 2nd, we will dive into pleasure. We will learn from experts about sexuality, sensuality, and play absolutely no experience required. These classes are great if you are just starting your pleasure journey or if you are a pleasure pro. Join us for a full day of activities or you can pick and choose your own pleasure classes a la carte. I will be speaking alongside past podcast guests Goddess Coco Meow and Gervais DeBay as well as Michelle L'Amour and this amazing bondage duo named Leaf and Icarus. All of the sessions are super interactive and cover everything from beauty rituals to kink and rope tying and even sensual movement. We'll also be having a great virtual goodie bag featuring some really amazing advertisers. So come get Into Pleasure with me and get your early bird discount tickets now at intopleasure.com. Hope to see you there.
1: Well, I could, I could talk to you both forever, but sadly we have to wrap up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How can folks get involved in these retreats? Come check out what you're doing, hire you for getting naked in front of your camera, uh, yes, all of, all of it.
2: <laughs> yes. yes. So, um, the website is just, uh, Jessica So everything is housed there. Um, and it's just my first and last name. And then we also, we hang out a lot on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is journey dot with dot Jessica and Lauren's is Lolo underscore herbistondo. Yeah. We'll
1: put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> last name. <laughs> um, I, and yeah, it's, Heidegger, yeah, people—it's yeah.
2: there are there are links everywhere for the things that we have coming up. But to note, we are going to Sedona, Arizona, in April, the fifteenth to the nineteenth, and then we also have a retreat in May in San Jose los Cabos, in Mexico. So that one's the 11th to the 16th of May and we have spaces available. Well, by the time this comes out, I hope so, but space is available in both and we are so ready to rock and roll.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so glad and special shout out to Ginger Banks for introducing me to yes. these, this amazing duo. Um, again, Imagine. listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars on Twitter at slut Scholars. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and yeah, check out the advertiser discounts because there's some good shit in there. Thank you, Jessica and Lawrence. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Thank you so much.